Welcome to the Will and Aaron Show. We talk about local football and basketball, including the Northern Indiana Conference, the Northern Lakes Conference, plus teams in St. Joseph and Elkhart Counties. We also discuss some Northern football. Aaron, how you doing this week? Doing pretty good. The time of year that a lot of Hoos fans have been waiting for, and I'm excited to talk about some of the sexual action. How are you doing, Will? I'm doing pretty good. Been a busy week for myself. I agree with you. Uh, the girls are now wrapped up. They had their state finals tournament uh, this past weekend, and now it's a boys' turn. And, um, you know, we, we are going to dive into our first topic, divvying up the sectional pie. And, Aaron, I got to give you credit. This is your idea. Love this idea. Hopefully all you listening enjoy it as well. Uh, so we are going to go sectional by sectional uh, with teams that are in our local coverage area. And Aaron and I, we uh, divided up assigned sectionals. And so uh, we're, we will break down the percentages of how likely each local team is to win their own sectional. And Aaron, let's start. Why don't you start with? Uh, our first sectional. Yeah, so I I stole this idea from another NBA podcast. So, anyways, Class One A, we have one of our local teams in the Triton sectional, Trinity Green Lawn. So the percent that I see them winning, you know, they have Marquette Catholic to start. It's going to be a tough game for Trinity. You know, I'd say it's less than five percent if you look at the sectional. Uh, Marquette Catholic has the second best Sagarin in this one, and if the Titans pull an upset, that that's going to be like a twenty point differential from the first meeting. Uh, and you know, give Trinity Greenlaw credit; they almost pulled the upset against Bethany a couple weeks ago. Uh, but yeah, I think this is going to be a tall task for Trinity Greenlaw. Yeah, you know, Trinity has not been the same program since Coach Joel Burris a few years ago had five straight double-digit winning seasons. Uh, Coach Lewandowski last year was a one-year higher, and this year's team has had to adjust to their third coach in three years. Not an easy thing to do by any stretch of imagination. You know, in order for this Trinity team to make a run in the session, you know, guys like Nathan uh, Skin uh, Skin Dazel. Uh, Jacob Palmer and Ian Abbott are obviously going to need to have to step up beyond what they normally do and contribute to. You know, like you said, Aaron, even if they did upset Marquette, uh, there, there's really not a chance, I think, that they're going to beat Triton at Triton in a championship game. All right, let's move on to another Class 1A sectional, and that is being hosted by the Bethany Christian Bruins. You know, Aaron, I'm going to give Bethany a 48% chance of winning their own sectional. Um, I really do think this is a two-headed monster race for the sectional. Uh, Bethany's record is kind of deceiving. I, I think they're 12 and 11 right now. Uh, but Coach Mass played a solid non-conference schedule, especially early on in the, in the season. Bruins hit their stride in January. You know, I think that win over Wallace was uh, impressive. Uh, Tyson Chupp, he's, you know, he's a scorer, uh, especially, you know, when you consider 1A basketball. 
Mm-hmm. I would even say if you put Tyson Chubb on some three, four A schools, he would be able to hold his own as well. So he's he's quite the uh, uh, offensive scorer um, for Bethany Bruins. Um, you know, I think another player that you got to watch out for is Jacoby Reinhardt. Uh, he averaged almost 10 points, six rebounds per game. Uh, Carter Miller and Chuck both shoot the three ball pretty well, right around 40, 40%, 41%. You know, Bethany is the only team in sectional 51 that's undefeated against their sectional opponents this season. I believe they're 5-0 and this year. The winner of the Bethany and Elkhart Christian game, um, you know, has a good chance of winning the sectional. Speaking of Elkhart Christian, um, you know, everybody knows the story. The Hibbard family is deeply rooted in this program. Uh, they obviously coach Hibbard and the two sons, Aiden and Kean. You know, there's going to be a lot of a weight, I believe, on Aiden's shoulders to carry this Eagles team to a sectional title. You know, he leads his team in several categorical, uh, um, uh, you know, categories, I should say, including scoring. Um, rebounds, assists, and steals. He does have some help from uh, LJ uh, Bevier and and obviously his brother Kean. Uh, both average right around eight points per game. Now Kean does shoot the three ball very well, forty five percent a clip. You know I'm giving Elkhart Christian a forty six percent chance of winning their third sectional in their school history. All right, so like in Bethany a little bit. I, I tend to agree with you. It's going to be a kind of a big time first round game for Bethany Elkhart. Let's move to two A with uh, South Bend Career Academy. They're in the North Judson sectional, and the Trailblazers uh, are one of the lower Sagan rated teams in the sectional. You know, I don't see them playing spoiler. Uh, they get to see Laville again in Game One. The Lancers beat them earlier this year, eighty four forty five. You know, I think if you're a career academy, you know, you're looking to make that a better game here in round one. But I would say if I had to give them a piece of the sectional, it'd be 5% chance to play the spoiler, five or less, I should say. Yeah, I would agree with that, Aaron. You know, the good news for career is that all three of their top scorers are coming back next year. So I think mm-hmm. the nucleus to work around, uh, Kalen, Ashton, and uh, Davion, uh, you know, this, this is going to be a good learning experience for those players uh, and for the coaching staff that hopefully they can build upon that. But I agree with you. I, I just don't think that uh, they have what it takes to challenge in this North Justin sectional. Uh, but, you know, um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, then the other, the only other team from one of our counties here is LaVille. And the North Judson, like I mentioned earlier, you know, they're the second most likely team to win the sectional in my eyes. You know, they have they have to win two games against teams they've already beat in the regular season with a Career Academy and North Judson. You know, they're likely play a team that beat them earlier in the year by 10, and that was Hebron. I see that kind of being the championship game. And I will give Coach Edison's guys a 30% chance to win this sectional. Okay. You know, Colin Sarnecki, Michael Good, Lucas Plummer you know, have all been reliable this season. Uh, you might remember those names from football season. They all were football players at LaVille. You know, Colin being a junior, he'll be back. 
but both Michael and Lucas are will be moving on after the season. You know, all three of these guys were, um, you know, as I said, football guys. They had success at last this past season. And, you know, you'd like to think that that experience in the tournament football-wise will carry on, uh, that, that they can lead the, these other basketball players in the sense of how, how do you prepare? How do you, how, what's your mental like? You know, how do you respond to when our team goes on a, on a run, whatever the case may be? You know, Laville's a very proud, as you know, Aaron, very proud program. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody knows the Edison name around here. Um, Michael has won three sectionals in his, in his uh, you know, uh, career. Uh, 227 game winners. Um, uh, wins, I should say, in his, in his history. Just unfortunate that uh, they have to play a team like Hebron in the sectional. Now, these two, I think you already mentioned this, but these two have already played each other in the regular season with LaVille losing to Hebron 45 to 35. So it's not exactly, you know, not it's not impossible, but it's definitely going to be difficult, you know, for uh, LaVille to win this sectional. Um, you know, they're going to have to win, what, uh, three games to win the sectional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess Hebron's going to have to win three games as well. But, uh, and I guess, you know, honestly, both teams, LaVille and Hebron, have easy first game opponents. So it's kind of in a way like a bye almost. I hate to say that. No disrespect to career or Wheeler, but uh, both, neither team are really going to uh, give LaVille and Hebron a game. And then I guess the question is, which second round semifinal game is going to take more out of uh, each one? Is how much will Laville have to work uh, to beat North Judson, and how much will Hebron have to work to beat South Central? I hate to say it, but I think North Judson will be the harder game of those two semifinals. Yeah. Well, let's move on to Class Three A, and we're going to take a look at the Wawasi. Uh, I'm sorry, not the Wallace sectional, Lakeland sectional. And uh, the first team in the Lakeland sectional that we'll talk about is is Wallace there. And uh, Wallace is one of those teams, Aaron, you just don't want to play regardless of their record uh, because they have really taken down some big names in our area this season. Coach Lou has done a tremendous job in his first year at the helm of uh, the Warriors. You know, they have quality wins like Mishawaka and Warsaw. They they rarely get blown out. If you look at their uh, season schedule, uh, majority of losses are closed losses. Uh, they're playing good basketball at the right time. I'm going to give the Warriors a 25% chance of winning this sectional. You know, if they can upset Lakeland, and, and I don't even know if you call that upset because I think the terms of schedule is similar. Um okay. Then they have they have a shot at Northwood, and they only lost to Northwood in the regular season by just three points. Uh, in the championship game, should Wawasee make it there, uh, they likely would have to see a fearful team, which they've already beaten them. So you know, I they got work to do. Winning a session is never easy by any any means, uh, but uh, it's not like they can't. It's just going to be a you know pretty tall pretty tall uh, hill to climb there. Another team in the Lakeland sectional is Fairfield. Uh, you know, Aaron, we've covered this team quite a bit this season. Uh, you know, I, I'm a fan of Coach Hennon. Uh, the players have done a nice job. They, they have a seasoned staff. 
they've been a pleasant surprise, uh, and I say pleasant surprise not in a bad way, but I mean to me, I didn't kind of see this, you know, winning them winning seventeen games. I think it is, um, but uh, you know, Fairfield, you know, they they win their winnable games. You got to give them credit for that. They win the winnable games. Uh, however, they do they have struggled against better competition. You know, you look at the losses to Wawasee, Goshen, Northwood, Northridge, you know, all those teams probably better than Fairfield. And, and they, they did not upset any of those teams. And, you know, to have more confidence, maybe from the fan perspective, uh, you'd like to see them knock off one of those uh, teams that they shouldn't have won. Um, however, they had two pretty impressive wins. Uh, that's Fort Wayne North. I think Fort Wayne North has 16 wins now. And Westview, they beat Westview two times. And Westview just beat Concord, albeit minus Messenger. Um, you know, that West Noble game, uh, it's not going to be easy. In fact, they are. They've already lost to West Noble in the regular season. Um, I do think they get revenge on the Chargers, though. Uh, the question is, can they win the big game on the big stage in the sectional championship? You know, Mast, Frey, and company will need to prove that they can produce in big moments. You know, Fairfield has a solid coaching staff, like I said. I'm gonna give Nor I'm gonna give Fairfield a twenty percent chance of winning the Lakeland sectional here. And the last team in the Lakeland sectional we're gonna talk about is Northwood. You know, Coach uh, Wolf has an outstanding staff with him. His son Ethan has developed into a scorer this year. Tyler Rosh is a matchup issue. It will be uh, for the teams that they play in the sectional. It's been a journey for the Panthers this season, you know, trying to figure out their identity and who they are after last year's state run title. Um, yeah, Northwood drew the bye. That was good for them. Uh, the Panthers will be favored against either Wabasee or Lakeland. You know, I do like Northwood to make the championship game. I think their experience will shine and, proved to be valuable and I like their chances to win the sectional. I'm going to go ahead and, and go with 35% chance for Northwood here to win the Lakeland sectional. Yeah, I, I would agree with those. Well, I think it's kind of Northwood is clearly the favorite, but you never know. And yeah, this should be an interesting uh, sectional as well. Let's move to another 3A sectional at South Bend, Washington. The first team we're going to talk about here is New Prairie. You know, this is year one in Coach Wigginson's uh, rebuild, and, you know, it's a great opportunity for them in game one to see if they can close the 20-point gap they had against Jimtown earlier in the year. So I would say their chance to pull off a David and Goliath scenario throughout this sectional is less than 5%. But... You, uh, uh, David wins the uh, Goliath. Uh, oh showdown. my bad. <laughs> no. Yeah. Good. You know, I, no, I know. I know what you're saying, Aaron. I'm just joking with you. Um, I I totally agree with you. You know, we knew we both knew this was going to be a tough season for Coach Wigginton. Uh, but it was also a good season in the sense that you know he was able to implement his own stuff into the program, kind of put his a stamp, if you will. Um, he's built relationship with the players and administrators, parents, uh, his staff and other stakeholders. You know, as people say, Rome was not built in one day and he's, you know, he, he's 
taking a step in that journey. And this is going to be a multi-year process for the Cougars. You know, let's not kid ourselves. Uh, there are some schools where a turnaround process can happen quicker than others. New Prairie, we know that's a football school, and it's going to take some time to build their basketball program back to where they can be competitive and win more games. You know, Coach Wigginton's a good guy. I think he's the right guy at the right time. Uh, and I know he's going to, to work extra hard this offseason to try to fit some of the issues they've had. You know, by the way, his son Brody was the third leading scorer as a freshman, as a freshman. So, you know, they can build around him. Uh, they they will lose four of their five top scorers. So, you know, that's going to be tough. But they have several younger guys that did get some varsity experience and work in. And I believe they'll be able to use some uh, JV guys that have some valuable playing time experience from the JV season uh, that should be able to contribute to next year. Well said, Will. And then we move to South Bend Clay in the same sectional here. No, Clay gets a pretty nice draw. They have a, a week off, or they have a bye, I should say. But they are playing the Jimmies most likely. And Jimtown's one of the better stories in our area. And the first meeting this season, they only lost by eight. So I'm going to give... Uh, the Colonials a 5% chance to make a George Mason type run in the sectional. Now, for all you young people that might be listening, uh, <laughs> no idea what Aaron just said about George Mason making a run. Uh, my, my suggestion to you is uh, Google that uh, and <laughs> yourself. Uh, you will learn a lot about George Mason. What year was that, by the way, Aaron? Do we know that? When, uh, I shouldn't, yeah, I probably shouldn't know if I reference it. I don't. Oh, 2006. Okay. That happened to be our freshman year of, no, yeah, freshman year of college at Bethel. Yeah. Long time ago, man. Uh, so, you know, I'm, uh, besides the point there, you know, Clay, I, I do believe Clay has extra motivation in this tournament as her school. Everybody knows this will be shut down following this 2023-24 uh, school season. You know, this is the last clay basketball team. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I think that's going to weigh heavy on the shoulders of the coaches, players, alumni, everyone that uh, loves this school. And it, it would not shock me if Clay beat Jimtown as a Jimtown alum, but here's to say that. But I think there's so much motivation and we all know this, that motivation is a big key in in these games in the tournament uh but i agree with you aaron i, I don't see clay winning in the sectional uh the big question is uh, where will these players end up next year uh tyrese jones averaging 21 points per game obviously the best player uh rumored to be going to washington next year what a combo that would be with reynolds and jones and uh you know uh Parker and company there, but uh, you know uh, their second leading scorer, Kellen uh, Webster, a freshman, will be looking for a new home as well. So that'll be an intriguing storyline. But uh, you know, play maybe gets that win over Jimtown, maybe not. But other than that, I don't really see them making much of a move after that. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Tyrese Jones. He's one of those players that you know he could get hot and he could do some damage. So. Uh, good thoughts there, Will. And then we move on to your employer here, a program you're familiar with, South Bend, Washington. You know, they get a tough draw getting Marion in game one. And if they somehow uh, beat Marion, they would have to see 
probably St. Joe on that same side as well. So this Panthers team is really talented. And I think we've mentioned this a few times. Their lack of experience may limit their chances this year. Uh, I'm going to give them a 10% chance to win the sectional uh, two years in a row, that would be. Yeah, yeah. you know, this matchup between Marion and uh, Washington, you know, there's always that teacher-student feel with, you know, the two coaches uh, being friends. And yeah. you know, uh, Coach Berger being a mentor, if you will, to Coach Varga, and you know, we all work in the same building. Uh, Berger and and Varga and I, and uh, you know, that's kind of a unique unique dynamic. Um, but uh, you know, Washington. Uh, let's you know focus on the players now. Uh, Washington. You know, um, yeah. Let me go back to the coaches there, and the reason I mentioned that is because. Uh, the uh, mentor has had more success than uh, the mentee. Uh, although I think Washington might have gotten them last year. I could be wrong. Um, but uh, a lot of it's pretty, been pretty lopsided between those two uh, when they match up there. Um, yes. Oh, actually, no. Oh, yeah. They lost in the regular season to Mary, but they got revenge in the sectional opener last year on the way to their sectional title. You know, uh, Washington's they've got two big players that stand out to me. Obviously, Stephen Reynolds, who's been getting Division One offers from all over the place, all over the country. Um, you know, when he is clicking, when he's on, when he when he's in the zone, he's a handful to deal with. Very difficult to handle. Uh, the other player is their point guard, DeCorey Parker. You know, he's gaining more and more confidence in that position in that role. Uh, he's shown improvement over the season. Um, and he's actually a student of mine now, so I've, I've asked him about how th- things are going. And I don't believe, I think he told me, I don't believe he has played that position before now, so this is a kind of a new thing for him. You know, I, I'm gonna throw another player, Donovan Johnson, he's their only senior, but he does average nine points a game and kind of, you know, is that uh, lead by example type guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington can figure out their defense and you know, limit their turnovers on offense uh, and, and make, take better shots. And, you know, I think they can play with pretty much anyone around their area, which was which we saw that when they recently beat Penn and, and the way they beat Penn, uh, which was leading throughout the whole game, basically. Uh, I think that was kind of just uh, enough of a poke, if you will, to hey, say, hey, don't forget about us. Don't forget about Washington. We can still play at a high level now unfortunately for Washington they haven't really done that this season they've been very like you said Aaron inconsistent uh but if they can put it all together for four quarters you know I think they can make it very tough to be an out in this sectional um I I'm like you said I've I've been on this staff uh, for I think three or four years um and I don't recall having a season where our defense, the defense, gave up more points than the offense scored. And this is the first year, when I I look at the stats, this is the first year in a while that Washington is giving up more points on average than they score. Uh, And so that's something they're going to have to take care of this sectional. Um, I think if they can take care of those three things I mentioned, the defense, 
turnovers and shot selection. Uh, I think they'll give themselves a fighting chance to keep their game close against Marion. Uh, but Aaron, that's a big if. Yeah, I feel like, like you said, they can play with anyone. It's just, will they bring that uh, that that level they'll need? And I'm looking forward to seeing some of these teams are going to prove me wrong, I'm sure. So it'll be fun to see who can be that underdog that makes a move in the sectionals. But moving forward, we have Jimtown here, like I kind of mentioned earlier, likely facing Marion or St. Joe in the final, you know, Jimtown hung around with Marion, uh, but did it kind of earlier in the season, but didn't, I should say, against St. Joe earlier in the season. So I think, you know, Jimtown may be a little bit ahead of where they should be, and that's that's a good problem to have. And this is just uh, extra frosting on the cake for this year, first year of Tyler Lighton. So I'm going to give, you know, Jimtown a 10% chance. You know, anything's possible. But I think Marion, St. Joe, the favorites. Yeah, I would agree with that, Aaron. Uh, you know, how about the job that Tyler Lane's done in Jimtown? You know, it's not easy having a successful basketball program uh, at a football school. And we all know that Jimtown is a football school. You know, in his first year, he had a winning re- regular season record with 12 wins, just to 10 losses. Uh, considering Jimtown was one of the smallest three schools in the state, plays in a conference with much bigger schools. You know, that, that that's impressive. A big reason for their success is Penn transfer Dylan Fay. Other key players are Brandon King. Uh, uh, Junior, he'll be back next year. I think he's only going to get better and better. Uh, I honestly think he can play at the college level. Brandon King, he sits, sits, um, and has a basketball mind. Bishop Williams, uh, we all know he's going to play college football somewhere, but uh, he's he's an athletic guy. Uh, Jackson Clopton probably will play uh, college somewhere, small basketball school or football school. Uh, he, he's a key contributor. Javen Jackson, he's another athletic guard. Uh, he'll be bad next year. Uh, he's poised to have a, a breakout, near, breakout year next year. Uh, depends on how much work he puts in offseason there. But um, this has been, a honestly, a pleasant surprise to a lot of people. If uh, you're a Jim Town fan, and uh, just a basketball fan in the local area and see how Jimtown has fared so decently well this season. Yeah, and uh, moving on to the already mentioned Mishawaka Marion. You know, one of the more dangerous teams in our area, the Knights have been really rolling with 12 straight wins. I give them a 35% chance. They are my favorite in the sectional. You know, that's a good choice, Aaron. Future Hall of Famer Rob Berger deserves a lot of credit for keeping this team together, especially during that tough stretch at the beginning of the season when they encounter a lot of losses. You know, uh, in my conversation with Coach Berger, you know, he's been very pleased with the coach ability and player willingness to do what it is uh, takes to get better. Uh, when you have coach ability, uh, when you have players that are coachable, they're also skilled, athletic, and smart. You know, it's a conducive formula for success. And I think that's what exactly what Marion has found in the second part of the season. You know, this Marion team by by far is not the best team Berger has had from a talent standpoint, but it might be the most coachable team he's had in, in a while. A ton of credit needs to go to Zion Rose, a senior. He's waited his turn to be the guy. Uh, he's their leader's leading scorer. Does it a lot both on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball, a vocal leader for them. 
William Owens, or also known as Deuce Owens, played football as well. I think he was a running back. Uh, he's the other double-digit scorer at 13 points per game. Uh, Patson Sullivan, I know what you guys are thinking. Like, when are they ever going to run out of Sullivan's and Marion? But I think he's the last one of the string of brothers there. Um, but he's a very crafty guard, very good at distributing, getting to the paint, and finding the open guy. Both Sullivan and Owens will be back next year. Senior Jackson Horvath, three-point specialist. He also can chip in uh, eight points per game. I believe he's the guy that made that huge three at home versus uh, Penn uh, to get that big win there. You know, I can see Marion's making a run this year and getting to the semi-state round. Uh, I was looking at the regional uh, and how that's set up. You know, the Washington sectional winner will play the Lakeland sectional winner. Uh, a one-game regional that will likely be Marion and Northwood in that regional. And, you know, at that point, you know, anything can happen. Probably tip my hand to Marion this year over in that matchup. But, you know, who wants to say Northwood can't win that? It's just going to be an intriguing game if it's how it's paying out. A little looking ahead. I like that, Will. Yeah, that would be that would be something else if that happened for sure. And then the final team, they have the highest Sagarin rating in the South Bend, Washington sectional. That is South Bend, St. Joe. You know, St. Joe's been up and down this season, I think. If you look at their results and their their schedule on John Harrell, you can see that you know they've beaten some good teams. They've lost to some really good teams as well. Uh, I think they have talent to win the sectional, but I, for right now, I just can't see them as the favorite with the just the up and downness of their year. But yeah, you know who knows? This is kind of like a new season, and I'll give St. Joe thirty percent chance to win the sectional. You know, Aaron, if you like offense, this is this is a good team to watch. Yeah. You know, they run as much as possible. You know, uh, they're a team where if you got an open look, you you better take it. That's gonna the shot's gonna go up. Uh, they allow Chase uh, Kinesi to do exactly that. I mean, he's got like two green lights, not like one green light. It's like two green lights. Uh, <laughs> that baby's going up, Aaron. Yeah. Um, you know. Chase is supported by Jace Lee. Obviously, everybody knows he's going to go Notre Dame to play baseball. But uh, I don't know if you've seen he can. He got he's got some ups, and yeah, yeah. Uh, he, uh, you know, he's he's athletic as well. Brayshawn Woods, he he might be one of the better role players in the area. He he knows his role. He does his role very well. Uh, he's not going to do anything that he's not capable of doing. He's smart. Um, he's a team player. He's honestly a coach's dream to have. Every coach wants to have a, a K like Brayshawn on his team. And then transfers, Elijah King and Nick uh, Shrewsbury. Obviously, uh, uh, Shrewsbury is a, a Northern coach's son. Um, and Elijah King uh, spent some time last year uh, down in Indianapolis. Uh, he did attend Washington for a little bit as well. Uh, but both of them have contributed as well to the St. Joe team. Uh, when St. Joe's playing their best basketball, I, they can they can hang with a lot of, of the good teams. However, they're just one in six against teams in the top 64, which quite honestly, Aaron, I'm surprised why the Sagarin ratings likes the St. Joe team so much, where they're, I think they're ranked 35th in the state, according to Sagarin. Uh, but that's not a good record against top 64 to be ranked that high. Mm-hmm. And I think Marion and Penn have probably have played a very similar strength of schedule as either of those teams. So 
Coach Gap is 0-3 against Coach Berger in the Holy War. You know, St. Joe wants to make a deep run in this tournament. They're going to have to play better in these big games, which means better shot selection. Can't just throw up bad shots against good teams. Good teams will make you pay for it. All right, let's move on to Class 3A at the Tippecanoe Valley Sectional. And the first team we're going to talk about is Bremen. You know, I'm a Coach Miller fan, Aaron. I think he does a very good job, as well as as, as good of a job as you can at Bremen, another football school. Uh, I think Chase, Devine, Silas Lading, and Tyrus Gregerson have all have been their big three all season. The Lions got a nice late season win against John Glenn. Uh, I think that's probably considered a slight upset there. Uh, they've actually won three in a row now. Bremen has. Uh, and they got a nice draw with the bye. Uh, that'll help. Uh, they they will play the winner of Culver Academy and John Glenn. I think Culver Academy probably will beat John Glenn in that game. The Eagles have been battle-tested all season, all year. Uh, they are well-coached by one of the better coaches in the business, Mark Galloway, the former standout at Bethel University. Uh, Culver Academy beat Northridge. Let's not forget that. And they played Marion very tough. So um, I think Bremen will play Culver Academy tough, but uh, it won't be enough. Uh, even if Bremen found themselves in the title game by some miracle, uh, Tippecanoe Valley would be a very tall mountain to climb. So I'm going to give Bremen, uh, you know, probably a 10% chance of uh, winning this sectional here. Uh, John Glenn is another team that's in this Tippecanoe Valley sectional. And, you know, Coach Hannah, uh, he's had to work hard this season. Uh, John Glenn recorded their first losing regular season since 2018, uh, you know, and he's not used to that. You know, he, he had those two really spectacular years back and back. Uh, I think they won 22-plus uh, wins each year uh, recently. Uh, a lot of people forget that John Glenn last year was in a semi-state uh, at Elkhart. Mm. And it's unfortunate that they drew Culver Academy this year in sectional uh, for all the reasons I just mentioned. Uh, Joe uh, Shrapley and Chase Miller and Carson Kruger, uh, all of those guys will need to step up their game. And, and the supporting cast obviously have to contribute in order for John Glenn to win sectional. Uh, in a way that, that they probably haven't done so in a while. You know, if they can somehow beat Culver Academy, which, again, maybe Culver Academy plays a bad game and John Glenn plays a game in their life, you know, that's it's not unthinkable that, that John Glenn couldn't win this game. But uh, even if they did win a surprising defeat, uh, I do think their chances of avenging a surprising loss to Bremen, uh, I like their chances of that, I'm saying. Uh, and then they would find themselves playing in the championship against Tippecanoe Valley. Uh, and they did play Valley tough in the regular season. I think they only lost by like six points there. I'm going to give John Glenn a 20% chance of winning the sectional. Uh, I, I understand and Bremen fans are not going to like that because they're thinking, well, hello, we just beat John Glenn. Uh, but I think John Glenn was probably looking uh, past Bremen in that game. Um, again, I don't know who was injured, who was maybe sick, uh, or, you know, maybe they didn't play well against Bremen. Uh, but, uh, if John Glenn can somehow beat Culver Academy, um, then I, I do like their chances against Bremen. 
but not against typical, uh, probably not against typical Valley. Okay, uh, let's move on to Class 4A, the Alcart, the historical Alcart sectional, and this sectional is always, always, Aaron, intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so competitive. This year, no no difference. Let's start off with uh, Alcart, the host. You know, Coach Cody's Lions have gradually improved throughout the season. Their three wins may not reflect those gains, but, you know, the recent close losses to Penn and Warsaw are indicators of the improvement. It's always an advantage hosting the sectional, the familiarity of the rims, the home crowd, not having to travel for games. They drew the bye. You know, those that's all good news. The bad news is they got to play the winner of Penn and Northridge. You know, Elkhart is a young team with little experience. I do wonder if this team is ready for the bright lights and everything that comes with that, including the pressure. You know, to Mary Morris, uh, he's, he's going to play college football somewhere. Uh, big time uh, Division One somewhere. Uh, uh, Javis Hines, uh, he's a player to watch in the future. He's got a lot of talent. Uh, needs to maybe learn to grow up a little bit, but uh, I think that will come with time. Uh, Frankie Willis, uh, all those three have done a good job this season for the uh, Elkhart Lions. I think the team is probably a, year, a minimum of a year away, maybe two years away from contending for a such title. You know, I have Alcar 5% chance of winning the sectional. Goshen, you know, uh, this, this is your employer here, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, Coach Wolford uh, has a solid staff, uh, mm-hmm. always well-prepared. Uh, I will say that. Levi, Sawaski, Gage, Worthman will need to play well for the Red Hawks. Both will return next year, so that's good news for the, the Red Hawks. Uh, faithful. You know, Ryan Ryan Eldridge's season-ending injury was such a tough blow for the Goshen Red Hawks. Uh, he was such a big part of the piece of the of what they were doing. Uh, but, you know, the timing, if, if you can kind of glean anything positive from the injury, it was that the timing of the injury uh, was good in the sense that it did give players a long enough time to adjust without him. And, and uh, a particular player, Andre Williams. Uh, I think he's kind of stepped up his play uh, since that injury. You know, Goshen will play Concord in the opening game. Uh, it's a tough draw for Goshen. Uh, not only do you have to play three games to win the sessional, uh, but you got to draw arguably the best story, one of the best stories of our local area. That's the Concord Minutemen. I think Goshen is a good enough team to pull off the upset. I really do. I think they've got the the the, bear, the brain power to match up with Concord. I think they you got no, enough skill. Uh, they play hard. Uh, they're well coached. I think they have what it takes to pull off one upset in this tournament. But I do question the ability to string together multiple upsets in in a short time span. Uh, so I'm going to give Goshen just a five percent chance of winning this, this sectional. But Aaron, it would not shock me if they did beat Concord. Now, speaking of Concord, that's the next team we're going to talk about in this Alcart sectional. You know, we've been praising this team all season long for good reason. Uh, Coach Deshaun and his staff deserve all, all the credit for being NLC co-champs. Concord is uh, good in a, in a sense that historically they have not been, which is they are a cohesive, smart, blue-collar team. Uh, they're not going to beat you because of their athleticism. 
they don't have that one guy who can just go out there and get you 30 at, at, you know, in a given game. Uh, they don't have that stud that they used to have uh, in, in years past um, when Concord was really, um, you know, humming. But what they do have is a lot of grit, heart, skill, and intelligence, which is ingredients for uh, success. You know, Brady Messenger was sick last week, which played a role in their road loss to Westview. I'm not going to count that loss against them. However, you know, we just talked about Goshen. Concord must take Goshen very seriously. You know, this is a major trap game. You know, Goshen is very capable of beating Concord if the Minutemen do not play their A game. And I like Concord's guards. I really do. I think they're tough. They're savvy. They're very uh, smart. Guys like Cherise Brevard, uh, Jalen Bolin, a little bit taller guard. Maybe he's probably a small forward. Avery Johnson uh, and Lucas Prue. Uh, those guys are all big pieces of the pie. Parker McEwen, I tell you what, Aaron, this guy is as tough as nails. He is he is one of the most grittiest screeners in our areas. Like, like you do not want to run to a Parker McEwen screen if you're uh, playing against him. Uh, you know, if Concord can beat Goshen, uh, then they will play Warsaw in the semifinals. Concord did beat Goshen in the re- – I'm sorry, Concord did beat Warsaw in the regular season by 11 – um, you know, that Warsaw team will be very hungry to avenge that loss. It's tough to beat a good team twice, but that's con- but that's what Concord is going to have to do, though. Uh, and Concord players, they just don't know what it's like to have success in the tournament. I do wonder if the stage will be too big for them. How will they handle the adversity under the big lights? Uh Concord got the worst draw in the sectional, unfortunately, having to go through Goshen, Warsaw, and the winner of Penn, Northridge. You know, for that reason, I'm going to give Concord a 20% chance of winning the Elkhart sectional. Now let's move on to your alma mater here, your Northridge Raiders. Uh, Northridge last one a sectional title in 2020 back in the COVID era you know unfortunately that team did not get a chance to to see how far they could go in the regional because the tournament was canceled uh and no uh, Marion was also a sectional winner that year as well I don't remember who else was sectional winner it's just unfortunate that during the COVID year that they weren't able to finish that tournament anyhow coach Radiker has his team primed this year for another run in the tournament having won 18 games this season, being co-NLC champs as well. You know, if you look at this team closely, the personnel, Cam Radiker, his son, he's really grown up to uh, be that point guard, that that uh, um, that leader that the team needs. You know, any coach will tell you that they need to have a good point guard. And I think uh, Cam has grown into that position this year. It's got a better understanding of the system, player personnel, and uh, that's we can really make a, a, um, a average team good and a good team great is that PG uh, position. Mason Bells has, has really developed uh, leaps and bounds this season as a confident scorer. You know, I think last year he was a scorer, 
But this year, he's a confident scorer. And people who know basketball know that there's a big difference between the two uh, right there. Um, Brady uh, Scholl uh, is an improved post player. You know, um, he's also a really good football player, by the way. By the way. Um, those three, along with the supporting cast, they, they're going to have to really play well uh, in this sessional. Uh, drawing pin was a tough draw. Uh, Northridge did lose to the Kingsmen in overtime on the road at the Penn Palace. You know, this is an excellent S's nose matchup between two really uh, veteran coaches, between Radiker and Kuhlman. You know, the winner of this game will be favored over Elkhart. Um, and then we'll have to play the winner of Concord, Goshen, Warsaw in the championship game. Three games to be a champion. And I'm going to give Northridge a 22% chance of winning this sectional. And then uh, let's look at Warsaw. You know, Warsaw has bowed out of the tournament in the first round of the sectional in the last three seasons. That might surprise a lot of folks when you because we think of Warsaw basketball, we think of that rich history and making deep runs. And a lot, in fact, the last time Warsaw won a sectional game was back when Coach Doug Ogle was in charge in 2020. You know, Warsaw is a solid program with a favorable history of success. And Coach Moore is one of the greatest coaches in our uh, coverage area. In fact, he's got 151 wins. He's the winningest coach in our area without winning a sectional. Aaron, I do think there is pressure for Warsaw to advance beyond their first game. I really do. I think people are realizing that. I think people want more than that. Maybe not pressure to win the sectional per se, but at least to make it to the final. I think if he can make it to the final, I think some of that pressure might uh, wear off a little bit. You know, Warsaw is good enough this season to do that, which is to, to make it to the finals. Perhaps if you win it all. They have the shooters and like Luke Breaker, Robbie Finlinson. They have a great defensive shutdown guy in Carson Gold. They have an inside presence, a, a rim protector, Luke Yeager, who can also stretch you out and shoot a three. They have the pieces to make a run. Now it's time to go out and do it. And luckily for Warsaw, they drew the bye, so they will play the winner of Concord or Goshen, which is good for Warsaw because I think the winner between Concord and Goshen will have to take up a lot of energy bet between those two teams. And I do wonder how much that might impact that second round game with Warsaw. You know, having a bye could also backfire because of jitters, not having that first game underneath your belt. So there, there's a lot of dynamics. I know every coach has his or, you know, her preferences, whether they want the bye or not. Uh, logic would say having a bye is a good thing. But, you know, there are some coaches I know I've talked to, they say they like not having the bye because they like to get that first game over with so they can, you know, get their jitters out. If Warsaw can win their semifinal game, then I think they'd have a, a decent shot at winning it all. But give Warsaw a 25% chance of winning this sectional. And the final team in the Elkhart sectional this very stacked sectional, and that's Penn. You know, everyone was wondering what Penn would do after losing nearly everyone from last year's incredible semi-state run, plus throwing in a new coach. You know what? 16-6 and six, Aaron is a testimony to the coaching staff, players, 
what an incredible year for the Kingsmen. I don't know if anybody would say that they would win 16 games after what they did last year. But, you know, Penn's average deficit in their four six losses is just 4.1 points. That's equivalent to right around two possessions. They were literally one possession away from being 20 and two. Uh, how about that? 20 and uh, now, why why is that amazing? Because they got a late start to their season due to football success going all the way to the semi-state, having a new coach. And a lot of good, inexperienced players trying to figure this out together and building chemistry. Um, Penn has the best strength of schedule in the sectional. Penn is led by a trio of seniors, Maverick Brown, Trey Miller, the sharpshooter, and Dominic Bonner, the Mr. Do-It-All. Uh, all average double digits in scoring. You know, you throw in Alex Hawthorne, who's a sharpshooter from threes, a versatile utility player, Nolan McAuliffe, the former quarterback, and a young but very quickly improving Peyton Miamba. Uh, you know, Coach Kuhlman is really high on Miamba. He thinks he can be the next big-time player at Penn. Uh, you also throw in a very solid, tough, smart guard like Ethan Good. You know, this Penn team is deep, and they can beat you in a lot of ways. You know, if Penn can beat Northridge, then I think they can beat Elkhart. Then this is a matter of beating either Concord, Goshen, or Warsaw. I think I think Penn will be uh, licking their chops at a chance of avenging their regular season loss to either one of those Concord or Warsaw teams. I'm going to give Penn a 23% chance of winning the sectional due to the fact that they're going to have to play three games instead of the two to win this title. So uh, needless to say, Aaron, this is going to be a fantastic sectional. I can't wait to go to the semifinal and probably the sectional title games. Yeah, well, well done, Will. I have full uh, transparency to our listeners. I assigned Will this one, and you you pretty much nailed what I probably would have done here. So, kudos to you, man. This well, is a tough. This is a tough one. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to going to it. Um. Yeah, I don't. So it looks like you have Warsaw just a couple percentage points as your favorite. It just makes sense because they have a buy. But yeah, this is going to be a great sectional. A lot of good players. I'm I'm curious to see if any of the young what young guys step up. You mentioned a few from Penn. I th- I think of last year Brady Scholl had a big sectional, or maybe not so much scoring, but his impact. I think back and saw kind of the young bud, buds of the Concord Minutemen. I think they won a game or played really close to Northridge. So this is always a fascinating one, and I'm looking forward to it. You know what? Um, you, you hit the nail on the coffin. Uh, I did give Warsaw a slight edge in this such, you know, uh, mainly because they had a bye and the other team had it by Elkhart, so so what? Uh, you know, no offense to Cody, but most people don't think Elkhart's gonna win their own sectional. But that buy is so big for Warsaw. That's why they got a slight, slight little edge over. It. But uh, you're right, the young, the young guns. That's gonna be something to watch for in all these sectionals. Which young guys can kind of have a coming out party in the sectionals? 
Last but not least, we have the Mishawaka sectional, starting with Plymouth. You know, the Pilgrims are a team that can score the ball. They get over 50 points or pretty close consistently each game. But their issue has been slowing down teams, especially in the Class 4A. You know, this sectional is going to require both being able to score the ball, taking advantage of every possession, and also uh, disrupting the other teams. You know, I think Plymouth doesn't really have a resume that would would likely give me a, a reason to give them more than a 5% chance to go on a run here. You know, I think they've really struggled in the postseason since moving up to 4A. If you look back, I think they're looking for their first postseason win since 2019. Yeah, you know, Coach Grindel, he's got somewhat of a young group. In fact, five of his top six scorers will be back next year. Um, and I, I think he knows that, that this is probably not his year, but right. he's kind of building for next year. And, you know, the challenge is, you know, what what can you do this tournament to build on? Um, and that experience alone is going to be so vital that they get that that tournament IHSAA tournament experience, the the feeling, the the to, to just absorb the environment and what it's like to be uh, on the court uh, in in the, that moment. Uh, you know, Plymouth has lost their first tournament game, as you mentioned, uh, the every year in the past four years. It looks like it probably will be five years after their Michigan City game. The Wolves are probably too athletic and have enough skill to beat the Pilgrims. It's hard to believe that this will be the fifth year in a row that Plymouth will have a losing record for boys basketball. You know, people that are, are old enough like us, Aaron, we remember Plymouth when they used to be like the gold standard in the NLC uh, and, and everybody was chasing them mm-hmm. uh, uh, back with, you know, the Edison days. Uh, they have the facilities. They've got the tradition. I I do think that next year with all that scoring coming back, that Plymouth should be more competitive, though. Yeah, definitely. South Bend Adams is also in the sectional. You know, the Eagles' resume includes wins over Clay and Washington, a close loss to Mishawaka here near the end of the season. Coach Johnson is a really, really good coach. I think Adams is a team you can't take lightly. But I think their percentage to take home the trophy this year is ultimately around the 10% range. You know, Adams is an intriguing team. Uh, when you talk about the Eagles, you got to mention Jarvis Tobert. Uh, he's averaging 20 points per game. Uh, he's just only a sophomore, too. So he's got two more years. Uh, plus, Amari Wesson and Jerron Barr are going to have to play their best basketball. They want to make a run here. You know, as as a player, you cannot have thin skin, uh, especially playing for Coach Johnston. Uh, you have to buy what he's selling. Uh, and he he, you know, everybody knows he he has a he's known for coaching hard. And I'm not I'm not saying that because there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I there's a time and place to coach hard, but he also has a track record of success so there's different ways to coach right yeah there's different philosophies i'm not saying one's better than the other uh but you you gotta know if you're playing for coach johnson like he's going to tell you as it is and but he also does it because he wants you to be better 
And, you know, I think his track record speaks for itself on how he's been able to develop teams and develop players. And he, several players have went on to play college level. So um, this is an intriguing team. I think that they could do make some noise a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think they're at the level where they can win a sectional this year. Um, they did get a favorable draw with the bye. I don't think Mishwaka is unbeatable. If Adams plays to their potential, I I think that potentially Adams could shock Mishwaka or at least make it a close game. You know, if Adams, and I believe actually these teams played uh, each other actually in a regular season mm-hmm. with, um, I thought it was a close game. Yeah, as it was well. a two-point game. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, you know, Mishiwaka, well, their their ears are perked up, you know. Yeah. Uh, this is not a team that's going to creep up on the cavemen because of that close game. Uh, so that might go against Adams uh, versus, you know, Mishiwaka blowing Adams out to the contrary of that. Um, so that, that'll be more hard because Mishawaka will be prepared and ready for them, you know, but let's just play devil's advocate here. If, if Adams can beat Mishawaka, you know, anything can happen in such a title game, most likely a rematch with city rival Riley. Um, let me just say this. Um, Mishawaka guys has to be very careful with Adams. Uh, but um, I just don't see Adams making uh, a big run this year. Yeah, then we move to Mishawaka. You know, their resume is pretty solid. No bad losses, really. They have quite a few quality wins. And they have some experience back from last year's postseason run. You know, and I think the talent's there to make Riley really work for this if it comes down to Riley and Mishawaka in the, the final. But ultimately... I have their piece of slightly lower of the sectional pie at 30%. You know, I don't know if there's a coach hotter than Bodie Bender when it comes to the past three years. You know, what a, what a run he's currently on. Uh, in fact, he really doesn't know what it's like to end his season after the sectional. Because, you know, if you, if you look at his uh, last couple of years, he took Carroll in 2022 to the regional Mm-hmm. Uh, semi-state he took mishawaka last year to the regional he, he really doesn't know what it's like uh, he's kind of forgotten what it's like to play a sectional game and then pack it up to end your season so um you know with that said you know he is a very good coach his teams play the game the right way uh they always get better throughout the season um and he also got he has some help with some uh, good players that's rashawn johnson uh he he can really put on a floor and create his own shot um he's athletic rebounds the ball well cooper pritchett he's just a very good strong uh well-rounded player uh that can he's just so fundamentally sound mm-hmm. and i mean he's he's a, a player's uh coach's dream player uh where you can depend on him brady fisher uh Again, another reliable, very strong forward inside guy. We'll get the rebound and do the dirty work kind of stuff. And the last thing I'll say about Mishawaka is that I think Coach Benner loves being at Mishawaka because he's got a lot of great, dependable, reliable, trustworthy guys that are his guys, his type of guys. And I think it's, just, it's a really good match. 
I see I see him being there as long as he wants, Coach Bender at his, if if that's what he wants. But uh um, you know, they they're having a good year this year and maybe they may maybe they win this their sectional. Who knows? Yeah, and the final team, the I believe top fifteen team in class four A, uh South Bend Riley, uh highest Sagarin rating, I think, of definitely this sectional here. You know, they are my favorite as well in the sectional. They have in some ways shown they're kind of one of the more elite teams in our area that we cover. They have depth. They have talent. Coach Daniel, you know, they've prepared his team and his staff, I should say. Coach Daniel and his staff have pre- prepared this team for a postseason run. They went to that big holiday tournament. I'm not sure. I can't remember which one it was, but they got to see some tough competition. And I'm going to give them a 40% chance to win their 19th sectional in their school history. That's a lot of sectionals. Yeah. Uh, Coach Daniels done a tremendous job. Uh, his offense allows playmakers to have the freedom to make players. Uh, those playmakers include Peyton Beard, uh, Mansell Hill, Marvin Schindler, uh, the clay transfer Aiden Kent, has been a nice addition to the team. You know, R- Riley has the size, the skill, the athleticism. They they have what it takes to make a run of this t- uh, man- magnitude here. Team defense is something I do worry about, especially the further they get into the tournament. Uh, they did beat Michigan City by two in the regular season. We will see if Riley's strength of schedule will help them out in postseason. You know, they went out of their way to schedule tough teams in the Indy area, and also played a very good Kokomo team. You know, they took their lumps, but that experience alone is worth his scheduling. Uh, the Mishawaka sectional winner will play the Elkhart sectional winner in a one-game regional. We could see a rematch with Penn or Northridge, two teams that already has uh, wins against Riley this season. So um, I know everybody's kind of itching to see uh, – you know, a potential Mishawaka-Riley uh, matchup in the sectional uh, here at Mishawaka. And how great we get to see a sectional at the historic caveman gym there. Well, Aaron, let's move on to topic number two, and that's our Aaron, Will and Aaron weekly picks. Uh, Aaron, your record is 56 and 50. Uh, I am at 6145. Um the tide has turned a little bit, but there's still some we have what three or four more weeks, plenty of games here. In fact, we have a f- full schedule of games to pick this week. Um we'll see how many games that are different uh when it comes to uh whether or not you can catch up here. Uh you're gonna have to take some risks here though in the next <laughs> If you're gonna wanna catch up here. Let's start with the first game. Michigan City versus Plymouth. Obviously, these are all sectional games, uh, opening games. Who do you got in that matchup between the Wolves and the Pilgrims? Not to spoil my picks here, but yeah, I didn't really go with much risk this week, so I don't know what that says about me. Uh I'm gonna take Michigan City. Yeah, I think I think what we mentioned earlier, Michigan City should likely move on in this game. 
What about you, Will? Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. Uh, uh, Coach Wells, he's done a, a great job with uh, the program there. Um, and I just think that, you know, they're the probably too much for Plymouth in regards to their athleticism and skill and whatnot. Um, you know, Alan Briggs, uh, Elijah Wright, you know, Keegan uh, Calgill, uh, I think those those three guys alone are going to cause uh, Plymouth some problems, and uh, I'm a, I like your pick, Aaron. I'm gonna go with Michigan City as well. Uh, Laporte versus Mishawaka. Who do you got? I got Mishawaka at home, and yeah, I think I think they move on. How about you? You know, I like that pick as well. I'm gonna go with the NLC over the Dunlin Conference here. Um, I tell you what, Laporte has a couple of guys that are, are very nice. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Ryan, Ryland, uh, I'm not gonna try to say his last name because I butcher it up, but uh, he's averaging nearly 15 points a game. Uh, they've got um, a guard, a Malik Corley, a senior. He's he's when he's in control, uh, not trying to do too much, he can be very solid. And they also got Nick Spence. Very solid guard. Uh, I'm sorry, forward who uh, does the dirty work and also averages a double, uh, uh, double digit in points. Um, Laporte is an intriguing team just because they've had some intriguing wins in their yeah. schedule, uh, and they've proven that they can play against good competition and hang with them for a while. But they've also got some intriguing losses that making you double think. So I think Mishawaka has been the more consistent team than Laporte. And because of that, I'm going to go with Caveman. Uh, Concord versus Goshen, this all NLC Elkhart sectional game. Aaron, who are you going to go with there? Yeah, this is tough to pick against my my community school I'm working in right now. and <laughs> Hopefully no one that makes big decisions listening to this. Yeah, right, right. No, I, yeah, I think Concord has a slight edge in this. I would not be surprised, though, if Goshen won, kind of like what you mentioned. It's going to take a, a complete game from all the players if the Red Hawks would move on in this game. How do you, uh, how do you see this game, Will? Yeah, I agree with you. I'm gonna pick Concord. Uh, you know, Goshen, though, they're a four and one in their last five games. Yeah, yeah. Where compared to Concord's only three and two. Uh, so you can argue that Goshen's the hotter team going to the tournament. I just think Concord's the better overall team. I think they they've got probably some more shooters than what Goshen does, and um, you know, they're both well coached. I mean, Deshaun and Wolford are one of the better at the nose. Um, this would not surprise me, Aaron. This went down to the wire, like the last possession. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think Concord squeezes out a win here. Penn and Northridge. Oh, man. Uh, uh, big time game. You're all mater. Who are you going to go for? Well, I got to stay on brand. If I have anything. <laughs> I paid the price when I picked Concord or Northridge, so I'm going to take Northridge. And 
This would be kind of historic. I don't. I, I looked back today. I probably should have double checked this, but it feels like Northridge had never beat Penn in the the postseason. So this would be a first. Um, it feels like could be the year. I don't know. I think Penn's younger players are really clicking right now, so that scares me a little bit. I hope it's a really close game, and I think it could be. You know, uh, you you have to go a long ways back, but um, they have not. Yeah, I, I, you're right. They have never beaten Penn in the tournament. Uh, I just checked it right now. They have never beaten Penn in the tournament, so that would be a first for your uh, uh, for your uh, Raiders. Um, I'm gonna split with you here. I'm I'm gonna go opposite, so this could be a game you catch up with me here. Um, I'm gonna pick Penn uh, again. Both schools, both teams, both programs are uh, very good. Um, for a lot of reasons we've already mentioned. Uh, but here's the reason I'm going to pick Penn. I think that, one, their strength of schedule is better. Mm-hmm. And I'm a strength of schedule guy. I, I believe that if you, you play tougher competition, it'll make you better. Two is that um, I think that run last year for Penn the experience of being big time games, I think, is going to give Penn the edge. Other than that, I think this is going to be really good back and forth basketball uh, with not a lot of mistakes. I don't think there'll be a lot of turnovers. I think this will be a clean game. I think this will be a very well coached game. I think this is going to be a game that is just really good quality. IHSA high school basketball. And if you love basketball, this is one of those games you have to go to because it's just one of those one of those games that's gonna have some good offense, um plays made by each side uh of uh each size. Um and that's what you want to see. You want to see teams making plays, not who can make the least mistakes, you know. Uh, and so this is a game where you're going to see both teams making plays. You're going to see Bales make a play. You're going to see Radiker make a play. You're going to see Scholes make a play. You're going to see Trey Miller make a play for Penn. You're going to see Down and Bonner being everywhere on the court. You know, you're, you're going to see those guys making plays. But I think Penn makes just enough plays more than Northridge. Sorry, Aaron. I hate your alma mater there. But going with Penn. No, it's totally fine. All right. Uh, Culver Academy versus John Glenn. Now, if you just look at the records, you would think John Glenn's a favor here, but I think, tell us why that, that may not be the case. Yeah, I think I think you highlighted earlier that, you know, CMA's had some better wins overall, and I feel like CMA's had a maybe a tougher schedule. But, yeah, I think... You know, it's hard to pick against Coach Hanna, given his recent success, but I, I think Culver Academy finds a way to win a close game. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, again, they've already, Culver Academy has beaten Northridge by six points in the regular season. Uh, they also 
they only lost to Marion by 11. Our, our Mishawaka Marion, that is. Um, uh, you know, they lost to Riley by 12. They lost to Maryville by one. Uh, they, they played Chesterton on their schedule. So yeah, their schedule is definitely way better than what John Glenn is. Uh, I mean, John Glenn's best win is what? Probably, um, Adams. Arguably Adams is, uh, John Glenn's best win on their schedule. Um, so, uh, I'm also going to call her Academy. I think John Glenn will be well prepared. They'll play their hearts out. They'll they'll play the John Glenn way. They'll play good basketball. But I think Colorado County is probably a little bit better. New Prairie versus Jimtown. Aaron, what do you got? I'll take your alma mater in this one, the Jimmies, to advance. You know what? I like that answer as well. Uh, not just because I'm an alma mater there, but because. Jim Towns just uh, better at this point in, in in the season, so Jimmy's move on. Uh, Marion versus Washington, the mentor versus the mentee. Washington last year sectional title. Marion lost to Washington last year in the sectional. What do you got? Yeah, I think the role the result flips this year. I think. Marion's the hot team right now, consistent. Since the calendar year turned, I'll take Marion Knights to advance. Okay, I'm going to throw in. You didn't know I'm going to throw this in. I'm going to ask you. Give me over and under in this Marion-Washington game. Does Marion win by more than 10 points? No, I think I think it's going to be closer. I think I think the game might slow down a little bit. I, I could be wrong on that, but I, I could see it being within that 10-point range. How about you? Uh, well, I'm going to pick... Uh, I'm going to pick Marion uh, for the reasons you mentioned. I think they're just the hotter team. They've got, they have a proven track record this season. They've, they've played a tougher schedule. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think this could be a closer game than what their regular season matchup was, I believe. Marion beat them by what twenty or more mm-hmm. in the season. Uh, yeah, twenty five point win. Uh, I I could see this being closer to a ten point game, nine or ten point game. Um, considering that Washington did beat Penn, uh, and if they can play that way against Marion, I think this will be a tighter game as well. Uh, Wallace versus Lakeland, Aaron. Are you going to go with the team that 16 wins or the team with eight wins? Yeah, I kind of went back and forth on this one. Again, trying to catch you, but ultimately I think Wallace's resume, although only eight wins, I think they played tougher to competition overall. Uh, I'm going to take the Warriors. I think Yeah, when I've watched them play, it, there's not, not a much difference in between the teams they play and the skill level. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think Wallace C gets the job done. You know, Aaron, had Wallace C not been Mishawaka, I probably would have picked Lakeland. <laughs> but that Mishawaka win was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the intriguing thing is this, 
is that Wabasi and Lakeland have already played this season. Mm-hmm. And Wabasi lost to Lakeland 69-67. But again, I, I keep going back to that Mishawaka win. That, anytime you beat the NLC champions, that that's that has to mean something. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Wabasi as well. Uh, Fairfield versus West Noble. Fairfield, 17 wins. West Noble, just eight wins. But when they played in the regular season, Fairfield lost. Who are you going to go with this time? Yeah, I did factor that in a little bit, but I think I think I'm a little recency bias in this one. I think Fairfield's playing a little bit better against better competition. And I like the momentum they have. I think Fairfield avenges that loss here in this game. Okay. You know, I like your thinking. I'm also going to pick Fairfield, although, you know, I don't like that they ended the season on a two-game losing streak. Mm, um, but um, but I, I do think Coach Hennon and the boys turn it around. They, they, they get back on track, and they beat West Noble. But it almost would not shock me if they lost as well because, you know, the, losing two in a row – Maybe team's not playing as well, but we'll see. Last one to pick. Bethany Christian versus Elkhart Christian. Possibly the best small school game in our area. Who do you got? Which Christian school are you going to go with? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one's tough because I think all the the stats, the ratings, say Bethany is probably your winner here. Uh, I would not be shocked either way. I think I'm going to lean toward Bethany, though. I think they just might have a little bit more down the stretch, uh, plus their home court advantage. I'll take the Bruins. Yeah, I agree with you. This is this is. I, I went back and forth. I mean, you got this. This matchup has all the makings. If this was on, uh, if this ESPN should come to do this Bethany Elkhart Christian game. Because it's got all the things you want. It's got high-profile players that are big-time players for their school, and Aiden Hibbard and Tyson Chupp. Uh, you've got a uh, budding rivalry between the schools. Um, they don't like each other. I know they're Christian schools, but you can still not like each other in a very Christian way. Uh, you know, both have coaches that have been around at this school for a decent amount of time, so they know each other. There's there's no secrets between these these schools. It's not like they're going to come out with something brand new. Uh, and they've already played each other twice. They split the the series one and one, and they were both close games. So, Aaron, I cannot wait for this game. Uh, I think it's going to be an outstanding matchup. It's just a really good high school game to go to. Uh, but I also agree with you at the home court advantage. I think that uh, Bethany will edge out Elkhart Christian, but I would not be surprised if Elkhart Christian won this game either. Well, Aaron, wow, what an episode. Uh, a lot. Uh, this is, might have been, This might be the first episode we did not have a guest uh, speaker, but I'm glad we did it because we, we took a lot of time, uh, rightfully so, uh, and you did a great job on your research. We, we took a while on these two topics, uh, but they such a big topic to talk about, Aaron, before we dive into the sectionals. Uh, we felt like we had to dissect each sectional, talk about the teams that we cover. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you did a great job. Um, 
Any last, any thank you. Any last second thoughts here uh, as we head to boys sectional play here? It feels a little like Christmas Eve, you know. It's we're recording this on a Sunday night, and most people will probably listen to this the day of the sectional mayhem begins. And I, I'm here for it. I can't wait. I agree with you, Aaron. Uh, Aaron, we're going to have to catch some of these sectional regional games and watch them together. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to that. I know every year we, we usually watch at least one or two games together. Um, and for everybody else, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, please catch a game uh, either in person or whatnot. I know I know they do the broadcasting on the IHSA uh, dot, uh, TV website. Uh, but support local hoops. And uh, Aaron, we got to start talking Notre Dame football soon. I'm looking forward to that in the next few weeks coming up. Sounds good, man. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Will and Aaron Show. If you are enjoying our podcast, we would love for you to rate and share our podcast. Leave a review. It will help us out. You can follow us on X at Will and Aaron Show on Instagram at the Will and Aaron Show. And you can like and follow the Will and Aaron Show Facebook page. Now, thanks to you, we now have listeners from nine different countries, 33 states across America, and 165 U.S. cities. Tune in next time we discuss more local high school sports and Notre Dame football.